As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, friends, and welcome into The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week six ranks boy everything got really bad right before the podcast all this news just came showering down on us waivers became all that more interesting because we are going to be the behringer of some fantasy bad news across uh, multiple players but what we also have on the good news front is we've got jake seeley and his amazing article because we're going to be breaking down all of the waivers the rbs the wide receivers some quarterback streamers this article is available on The Athletic right now. If you go to All In Kid though, on Twitter, it'll be right there for you. You can click through the article. If you're not subscribed, you can get subscribed and locked in. Jake Seeley, why did week six come so hard on Tuesday? We're about to like say a bunch <laughs> of bad news on players. I know. I started off the waiver column by saying not a ton of interest for week six outside of Justin Jefferson. And then, yeah. I'm going to have to redo the intro because <laughs> that all went out the windows. I woke up and it's like one thing after another. It's just like nonstop this morning. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the HN situation isn't watch. We're going to get news. We're going to finish this podcast. And then three minutes later, it's going to be HN to the IR. Uh, that's exactly where it is heading. Um, if you guys want, though, like I said, follow all in kid. You can follow me at is it the Welsh for the musings and the things that will be going into week six because watch you celebrate your diamondbacks on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that's a celebration the only last National night. League, that's the only National League team. I, I'm so tired of the Phillies, Braves, and Dodgers. I'm just like, come on, Diamondbacks, let's do this. Well, I double dipped. I was at an Arizona Fall League game watching Diamondback prospects play as the Diamondbacks were playing. In the middle of innings, they kept putting it up on the big Jumbotron in there. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the game got sold out, too, so I can't even go on Wednesday, which is kind of sad. I was going to get tickets, and then I waited, and now it's sold out, but... Let's go Diamondbacks, but let's go. We've been football. on that field. Sorry. Yeah. We've been on that. We've been on the outfield. If you remember, we were yeah. there. Yeah. We're and I, I would like to go again. <laughs> I, would, I would like to be there during I the playoffs. I can make that work again. Yeah, let's do it. Fly on <laughs> Shout out, out to Eric Young, who got his tickets. I don't know if you want to foot that bill. <laughs> Get on down here, my friend. All right. Let's, let's talk about this stuff. Uh, we got a whole lot. Like I said, the waiver wire article is going to cover a lot and you're going to really want to be locked into the ranks. We'll be doing the rank episode, uh, Brandon Bunsen and I, but it will be all based in what Jake's got going on. 
because there are going to be some big differences, which we did not think. Because the first piece of news, it was announced that Jeff, Justin Jefferson to the IR. He is going to be out at least four weeks. Doesn't really sound super great. And what this does is this rockets Jordan Addison up. At least I think. Maybe you will be a little bit more um, realistic about it. But I think just, I think Jordan Addison could borderline a wide receiver one. The only thing I could stop him in my mind is why Kirk Cousins doesn't want to look at him every single week. They could, I suppose, throw KJ Osborne into that Jefferson role. But I, I think this is a huge boost for Jordan Addison while we lose Je- uh, Jefferson. But you tell me, man. Yeah, I'm with you in the fact, I don't know if it's wide receiver one, only because I'm worried about his ability to just handle it from the, the jump off. We're just still talking about a rookie. Like, I think he's supremely talented, and there was a reason he was drafted where he was, and there's a reason, like, a lot of us were picking him up. Like, in drafts, once we got to the end of August, most of the time, people had come around and started drafting him as the first, if not second, rookie wide receiver off the board because Smith and Jigwood was buried, Quentin Johnston was buried, and so we started to see that movement. Uh, that all being said, it, it's a great fit for any team, but I just wonder the redundancy of K.J. Osborne and then Brandon Powell is your third. Uh, I just don't know if like, like Justin Jefferson takes so much away from what the defense is able to do. Like they just, they have to. And even when he's triple covered, like we just saw with Jamar chase, there's nothing you can really do, which opens things up for everybody. Addison Osborne Hawkinson. And now you just take that level. Like it's not like they lost a DJ Chark, and we already had defenses giving that kind of balanced respect. I, so I'm saying, all this, I love Addison. I just, if somebody's going to give you wide receiver one value in a trade, I'd immediately sell just because of that risk that, you know, KJ Osborne has been running more out of the slot and actually went back. I, I referenced it in the column for KJ Osborne is that, you know, 40% in the slot versus just 16, 16.7%, 16%, 17%, whatever you want to call it for Addison. So Addison's going to be outside more, which is great. Um, but just whether or not he can handle that kind of top coverage. So I'm excited. I think he's top 20. I'd like him in his top 20. I want him over KJ Osborne, uh, but everybody there's not sitting out there on waivers. Uh, but all that being said is I still think this is potential sell high opportunity just in case. But Osborne might be out uh, there on waivers. Do you think he's going to be wide receiver three relevant? Yeah, I think wide receiver three relevant. And Brandon Powell, if you're in a super deep league, he was out there for about 80%. And, you know, you could get a deep threat with Brandon Powell because we know Kirk Cousins is going to chuck it sometimes. Uh, but I think Hawkinson is going to continue to be top two, three tight end. Yeah. Addison's in a wide receiver two conversation, potentially wide receiver one. I hope you're right. I have him in a lot of leagues. I hope you're right. Me too. Me too. I'm like, I'm like crossing my fingers and wide receiver one might be a little bit dramatic, but it's the idea of just that volume share that Kirk Cousins puts out there. Addison is the best representation of what Justin Jefferson can be, but I don't know. Cousins just didn't want to look at him a bunch. I think Osborne could be in the conversation of like uh, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, where you're going to get, wide receiver three, but that's a flat end of the year value wide receiver three, where one week it might be like, Oh look, he put up a top 20 performance next week. It's three points. And then, you know, it's 15 and then seven. And then it's just bouncing around. I don't know if you're going to get a lot of consistency there, but he is second on the waivers only behind Joshua Palmer, because I guess people on the buy were like, whatever. Do you want to just start with wide receivers? Normally we do running backs. We might as well just start with wide receivers. Yeah, we'll, right? we'll jump. Yeah. We'll jump into wide receivers today. I th- I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but there is some running back news and there's a bad piece of it. This one really hurts because I've been ready to be like Devin Achan is the RB one 
We don't care if he has 15 targets. Well, we do now because he might be placed on the IR. He is going to miss multiple weeks with, I think it was a knee injury that they kind of threw out there. It seemed very like, uh, there might be a thing on Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday rolls around and it's like, he is out multiple weeks and they might even place him on the IR. Obviously that speaks to Raheem Mostert, but it lines up with Jeff Wilson coming off of the uh, IR as well, or the designation period that's happening. So, you know, I don't really know what there is to speak of of HN with missing multiple weeks outside of just saying Raheem Mostert is put into a very, very nice spot right now with how this offense runs. And is Mostert going to push RB1 territory? No, he's back to being an RB1. He was back an to RB1. An RB1. Okay. He's back to an RB1 lower end, but he's back to an RB1. I mean, we could honestly have the conversation for as long as HN is sidelined. Like, would you take Derrick Henry and what's going on with the Titans, or would you take Mostert? And granted, and the thing is, Jeff Wilson's coming back. And then we know Jeff Wilson has led before, and this could easily turn into a 50-50 split just like it was. But worst case scenario, 50-50 split for Mostert still meant RB2 value with a potential RB1 week. So I'm not that concerned about Mostert. I think Jeff Wilson's really intriguing now. Of course, we're assuming he's going to return this week. He was open to be able to return last week and didn't. So uh, if Jeff Wilson's not out and your immediate running back, Savon Ahmed, at least if again, he has to get out there too, but he's next up if Wilson's not ready to return. But I think Mostert's back in the RB1 conversation. And yeah, uh, Wilson's going to be, you, you know, where he is on the waivers, which we'll get, talk about in a second. But yeah, it's uh hopefully, I just don't want to see a chant after all this, like four weeks. And then the question mark of what he is when he comes back, like just please only be like a week or two. Like I, I'm tired of this. Like, oh, it's not the Khalil Herbert. Like, oh, it's not that big a deal. And then, oh, high ankle sprain. Like, can Bam. we go the other way? We did the same thing with Barkley. Barkley's like, it's not a high ankle sprain. And he's like, oh, it is a high ankle sprain. <laughs> can we just go the opposite direction? Worried IR and then be like, oh, he's only going to miss one game. It'd be awesome to get great news. It'd be really, really great because that guy is, is super exciting. Also, he's on a decent amount of my team. So that would be really good. I, I agree with you. If Wilson's out, I think Mostert, I would take Mostert over Derrick Henry this week if Wilson was out. If Wilson's in, I I really think they have told us time in and time out, like they don't trust Raheem Mostert with like 20 plus touches. Like they want to split that up. And I think Wilson would get some of the early run. And they also like to throw him the ball as well. So I think he, Wilson would literally just jump into that A-chan role. He's just not as explosive as A-chan. So uh, I think they would be uh, RB2, RB3. It'd be kind of like Mostert would be the HN of RB2, and Jeff Wilson is probably the RB3, so that's not great news. And then finally, in the other barrage, there's a couple quick things we'll burn through, but in the other barrage, James Conner is now going to miss multiple weeks, which has been reported. Uh, I had cut Keontae Ingram in a league, but I think he was inactive in this game, and we ended up uh, seeing yeah, Amar- uh, Amari DiMarcado was the guy. So is Amari the guy we're going to be wanting to pick up this week? Yes, because even if Keontae Ingram is healthy, which he started the season as being the next man up behind James Conner, but he would be more of the early down, uh, kind of a one cut, I would think, like first and second down, maybe some passing downs, but De Marcado, uh, I call him the Desperado because <laughs> it just Ooh. sounds cool. Yeah, you like it? De Marcado, like the it. Desperado. De Marcado. Yeah, there you go. Uh, even better than I did over on Pat's <laughs> show yesterday. But the thing is, he's the passing option. And what do we know about the Cardinals? They're going to be passing a lot. They're going to be down a lot. So if you're telling me, like, this is kind of similar to... Here, easy comparison. Warren and Najee Harris. Who would you rather have? Jalen Warren. I think it's yeah. very similar. De Marcado 
And I don't know why I want to put an accent on that. De Mercado. I can't just say De Mercado. <laughs> like, de you Mercado. want to be like, like oh, De Mercado, huh? Uh, it's, it's over Ingram. And I'm with you. I actually had Ingram stashed at the beginning of the year because James Conner has missed a game at least one every single year of his career. Uh, yep. But De Mercado has come around and pushed himself to the front. Similar to Jaleel McLaughlin. I think that's like kind of the similar, you know, the undrafted guy jumped in front of the other one. And it's just a brutal blow. It's two, you know, at least RB2 guys that we have lost here. And then you lose like the number one wide receiver. So brutal blow to the top end of fantasy this week with that missed time. I will note that the Cardinals claimed Tony Jones off of waivers from the Saints. So yeah, it probably is a big don't care, but I could also absolutely see them just, you know, first downs, just Tony Jones just, you know, runs into the offensive lineman like Najee Harris gets two yards. And then I don't think it affects DeMarcado. It might just affect, you know, anything with the uh, Keontae Ingram. They probably keep them all active if they even have him active, but he was claimed off of waivers. The other things out there, uh, Brian Dable said that he is optimistic that Daniel Jones is going to play in week six against the don't Bills. Care. Don't care. Exactly. Um, Unless Colts Barclay's out there. If Barkley if Barkley returns, which, Daniel Jones legitimately is a mid upper tier QB two because which I think he is, isn't he? Isn't Bar- isn't it looking like Barkley is lined up to it, play? It was this looking week? like it for the past two weeks until yeah, we see it. Which at least I mean we'll get news because no we don't because you can't wait again because it's Sunday night football again because they mm. put this damn team on prime time. How did they not so flex that out? Uh, it's too early. That's why. But I mean, if we hopefully get the news before. Sunday or even before 1 p.m. games, you can definitely like so you can have part because Daniel Jones is I, I wrote about this. His passing numbers actually don't change. His like all his metrics don't change. Completion percentage, whatever you want, pick one. They're all within a point like or about five to ten percentage points. Like and it's like this very narrow margin. The only thing that changes is his touchdown rate goes up. Understandably, the offense is more well balanced, and his rushing numbers go through like his rushing per game almost doubles on attempts and efficiency. So that's Mm. why Daniel Jones becomes a high-end QB too, is because he's going to run better and run more because you single out the linebacker and he has to say, ooh, do I take Saquon Barkley or do I take Daniel Jones? Who's he going to take? He's going to take Saquon Barkley. And then Daniel Jones has an eight-yard run and he has a 12-yard run and he has a 15-yard run. And so that's why. Great RPO team with Saquon Barkley if you can run it. Uh, This is a big RPO. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a weird RPO. Yeah. Uh, this was a big piece of news, and I guess I buried it a little bit, but it's because we also did know this on Monday. The others just like shocked us, but we know that we are going to be without uh, Anthony Richardson for quite some time. It looks like a, a month, which was being reported. And um, Shane Sykin said that Gardner Minshew is going to start in week six against the Jaguars during this time, which I've noted in a couple spots, Jake. I just don't think there's any real downgrade. I don't think there's a big downgrade to the offensive weapons with him and maybe the offense in general is going to just be different because Richardson opens up on the ground. But I don't know. There's a pocket presence-ness to Minshew that he can just get the ball out quick. Yeah, this is this. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's back. So I don't know. I mean, are you downgrading anybody? No, I actually think Josh Downs becomes a little bit more intriguing. He's a little bit more consistent use with Anthony Richardson. Again, that was the style that I pointed out this preseason, that I like Josh Downs as a deep sleeper for that reason. But we know Gardner Minshew is going to pass more. Which so that I think that Josh Downs gets a boost. Like I have Josh Downs, we don't we're not going to get to eight in the waivers, but I have him sandwiched between Josh Reynolds and Michael Wilson. Like I pick him up in front of Michael Wilson just because of that inconsistency. Hey, I'm there with everybody else. I, I had a I had a four way prize picks parlay that missed the Michael Wilson piece. Mm. It smashed the other three, and then Michael Wilson did, destroyed it. Um, 
I also wa- I went back and watched that game too with Michael Wilson and the, with the way the Bengals were kind of playing him soft, so like deep, like so he basically almost ran into coverage, so to speak. And Josh Dobbs was not looking to second reads in that game. He was looking Marquise Brown tight end, Marquise Brown tight end, Marquise Brown tight end, and I'm like, dude, just. Can we get a second read? Like I saw Michael Wilson open up like down the left side of the field one time. And I'm just like, go to your second read. Just go look <laughs> elsewhere. That's why I didn't want to get involved in the Michael Wilson business. I wanted to see it, see it multiple weeks before I was like, he's a wide receiver too, or anything like that. Cause I just don't trust the Cardinals. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, on the down stuff, I'm very much about downs this week. I actually have downs quite a bit higher as far as where I would do waivers for more of a rest of season look. I think there's a lot of floor players that are on here, but there's something about downs, I think, that has a, you know, just a higher end wide receiver upside if it continues over maybe not the first couple names on the waivers, which let's just jump into it. Uh, Actually, the only other thing I wanted to mention, Deshaun Watson might not play this week against the 49ers, which will be LOL if Dorian is out there at quarterback against the Niners. So be on the lookout for that, and that'll be a death Dorian sentence Gray? for... You know, like, age while he looks at himself? Dorian Gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly... that's. I mean, they'd be better off at quarterback with Dorian Gray. That's 100% right. Uh, let's jump into wa- uh, waivers, but we're going to start, as you wanted to do, with wide receivers because they are so a <laughs> bit prettier. Uh, coming in at number one this week is not someone I would take downs over, because if he's still out there, you've got him, Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. What is Josh Palmer's ownership? Is it under fifty percent still? Uh, it's under sixty, which is my threshold on Yahoo. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, 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 he shouldn't oh, be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I love <laughs> yeah, that. If he is yeah, out there, I'm still answer. all yeah, about yeah, yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the bye weeks, with the bye weeks, that that uh, did make it more it's relevant. It's almost fifty. That's crazy to me. And so talk out to there. Us. It, yeah, ran the same amount as Rouse as Keenan Allen in week four. Look, I understand Quentin Johnston saw his biggest boost of the season in week four, and he was at, I think, the 80%. So, but Keenan Allen and uh, Joshua Palmer ran both the same amount. I think they were 100%. If they're not, they were like 97. They missed one route or something like that. Uh, Johnston jumped up to like 80%. That's a huge, like he was out there 20% of the time. Um, and Quentin Johnston definitively, if you told me Quentin Johnston, player versus player versus Josh Palmer, talent, who has the higher ceiling? It is Johnston. Does it hit is still the question. Is he yeah. going to pass him as the two is the question. Or are they going to keep him as the three? So Joshua Palmer, until that happens, has to be. You cannot ignore the second wide receiver for freaking Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Like, you just can't. So uh, I, I I just don't get, like you said, how is it 53? Yeah, How's that's it crazy 83? to 83. I don't care that he was on a bye. 
I was doing my rank. I started like my early process of the ranks and I was just like, Palmer up and up and up. I just getting Palmer. I mean, I think the bye week is going to have a lot of people forgetting about just like where we really should be valuing him coming in at number three. I'm just jumping ahead is Quinton Johnson. So I just want to point that out. So you've got two chargers in there and I would imagine his ownership obviously went up on the injury, but is still relatively low. And, but I am a Palmer over Johnston guy though. If you want to play, like you said, the big upside Johnston is the pick and that's why he comes in at number three, right? Yeah, that's why I, I would say more upside than anybody, including Palmer, the most upside of anybody on this list this week, uh, Palmer Osborne behind him, Chark, Chark just has to stay healthy, but he's boomer bust. He's a boomer bust wide receiver three. We know that. Um, but he's been more boom than bust while healthy, at least <laughs> so that's a good thing. But yeah, Johnston could easily be the number one, um, for all these options, he could even be like, look, if Johnston hits, if John, like uh, this is where the upside is, if Johnston takes over and he is Mike Williams, and that's very much like stylistically, there are some similarities, not identical one for one, but there are some similarities there. What was Mike Williams? Mike Williams was top 25, potentially top 20. If the dude could stay healthy, how many times do we say that? If the dude could stay healthy, mm. top 25 wide receiver. I'm saying if Johnston hits on his potential, this year, if he hits on this potential and gets to number two, there would be a conversation with Johnston versus Nakua as the more valuable wide receiver. I'm just saying that to say that's the ceiling. So that's why I would be aggressive if Johnston's still out there. You can't play him yet, but that's the potential. The potential is you, oh my God, I have a wide receiver, you know, a top 20 wide receiver on my hands. This is like, I think it's fair to say this is, it's it's actually not as bad of a waiver week as Monday felt like it was going to be because now you've got yeah. like a Cardinals running back and you've got these wide receivers and uh, we'll talk about the number two wide receiver in a second. But I think in general, like my stance was going to be like not a big aggressive way, like using your top waiver wire priority or, you know, using a bunch of fab if you do that. And I know we don't talk a ton about that, but do you think like, if you want to talk about that pure upside, Johnston might be the guy like the number one. I know he's like number three on this list, but if you want to play that, like you just laid it out, the upside role that you might want to just roll the dice. And if everybody's spending, you know, five to 10% of their fab or something like that, and you haven't really been aggressive, then maybe you just, you, you do that with Johnston here just for that pure upside play the rest of the way, because there really is no other player, even the running back. There's no player that's out there right now that has that like Im fantasy impact out there. And with it being such a bad week, you think you could just, you would you kill anybody for making that play? No, but I would still take Palmer. I just, because he's there, he is the two and Palmer has top 30 weekly potential as long as he's the two. So I still take Palmer, but to your point of maybe saying like, you know, Hey, my wide receiver core isn't trash. And Palmer would be like, my Palmer's going to be my wide receiver four then, you know, we don't like talk fab, especially now week six. Who knows what everybody's spent? Who knows what your league has left? But that being said, I'll give you an example. If this was week one, uh, we lost Mike Williams. And you say, okay, uh, Joshua Palmer probably goes for 30 40%. So then you say 30% on Palmer and 30% on Johnston. So if you miss on Palmer, you get Johnston, and it's not the end of the world. But again, that would be only be if, like, Josh Palmer was going to be your fourth wide receiver. If he's going to immediately be one of your top three, I'd still really aggressively go for him. Yeah, like yeah, like how your wide receiver core looks is really important here. Sandwiched between the Chargers wide receivers is KJ Osborne. Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, you kind of laid it out. The slot percentage really works in his favor of uh cousins Almost three eyes. Three times as much air yards per target. 14.75 to 5.5. You want here's the easy version. 
KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, what this could be is T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is just going to be like, okay, 10 targets and nine receptions. He's got to do a day, <laughs> but like half those targets and receptions, you're going to get the exact same output from the other guy that being T Higgins. So I think like Addison and Osborne are best case scenario is that they turn into Tyler Boyd and T Higgins with no Jamar chase. Like the, the reverse of what's happening right now is that chase was out and Higgins was stepping up as the top 20 play. And I think that's a good comparison to talk about. I, I've also been, I've been shouting about this. It's not really paid off. I've been wrong about like Madison being like going down the list a little bit, but I wonder if this team is going to be a little bit more desperation mode where maybe Cam Akers gets involved a tiny bit more, especially maybe in the passing game. I wonder if this could boost him up to being a, a tiny bit more fantasy relevant. Like we're not quite there yet because Madison's getting the run, but I wonder if defenses are going to approach the Vikings a little bit different. Now you can just kind of stack inside the boxes and maybe that makes acres more viable in the passing game. Akers was up to 40% last week. So, I mean, there's certainly a concern that it's like even a 50, 50, yeah, the, the, the downside to these wide receivers are too. And I know it's not common and you know, for what teams would probably, or what the Vikings would probably want and what teams we want to give up for a quarterback at his stage of his career. But Kirk Cousins ends up on a new team and then Justin Jefferson doesn't come back. And then just because like, like they're one win right now, they're in contention to have the first pick in the draft. Like you lost Justin Jefferson. It's four weeks. He's an IR. It's definitively four weeks. It could be longer. And it could be if they only have one win, two wins at that time, trade deadline comes, they get rid of Kirk Cousins. Cause why we got to blow this thing up. Like it just, I'm just saying, and all of a sudden who's at quarterback. And that's the question. Like, what do you do? And then all of a sudden, this is bad for Addison and Osborne for the rest of the season. Because just put it this way. Yeah. If you had Mac Jones at quarterback, how excited would we be for Addison and KJ Osborne? No, no, no. But that's the point. Like, what if? Like, I just, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, not to go after them. Because if Kirk Cousins is there and not even traded for all year long. But uh, I'm, I'm double checking to make sure before I say it and to sound like a buffoon. I, I'm pretty sure who it is behind. It is Nick Mullins. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, wait. Isn't Nick Mullins now hurt? So there's Jaron Hall. Ugh. I don't know. Nick, just... I think Nick Mullins is hurt. I'm not positive, but like, I don't know. But, if he's th- hurt. Th- there's your point. Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall are both. Nick Mullins Kirk can Cousins. get it done. Can you imagine Cousins on like Atlanta or something? Like, oh, we can dream. We can dream about the weapons and the offense going up. So, okay. It's a fair point. I'm still pretty hyper aggressive on those guys, but it's a fair point that that is a sinking ship and there may have to, they may have to do something pretty dramatic Trade soon. For Daniel Jones. <laughs> Yeah, trade for Daniel Jones. Uh, coming in at number four on the wide receivers, DJ Chark, do 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 on Carolina. Talk us, talk to us about why Chark comes in at number four. Actually, it's very funny. I'm actually going to just reveal it. Uh, Zay Jones at number five. I have always just like mentally had those as the same players in my brain. DJ Chark and Zay Jones are just the same guy, and you have them at four and five. I mean, because they really are. They're wide receiver threes. Who yeah. They often get a touchdown. That's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, you don't like to try to predict touchdowns, but you can predict usage when it comes to the red zone and the end zone. That was the appeal of Al Lazard with Aaron Rodgers, is that he was the highest, including Devontae Adams, in end zone targets. And Alan Lazard was usable as a wide receiver. He, he's They're Alan Lazard. They're wide receiver threes with the touchdown upside, but you understand that if they go three for 40, that's also in the equation. But that's why they're here. Chark and Zay Jones. We're in buys. The buys are getting worse again next week. This is one of the few, I think this is the only week that we have two teams on a buy of all the bye weeks. If you want, if you don't need them, this goes back to the conversation, but you were saying about the Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston. Chark and Zay Jones are usable every single week. Well, Zay Jones, if he could stay on the damn field, like even finish a game at this point, but what has he got? Two and a half out of five games so yeah. far. Yeah. And that's with like 
two, three quarters of a game. But anyway, <laughs> uh, if you don't need them behind him, like Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams could be a complete bust, could be complete nothing. But the upside is top 25, especially Jared Goff and any game at home. Josh Reynolds is right behind him because what if Jamison Williams is nothing and Josh Reynolds continues to be? Josh Reynolds is basically DJ Chark and Zay Jones. Just put hey, all three of them together. It's Spider-Man meme. It's just all three just pointing at <laughs> each other. 100% agree. Other. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like they've, so how many times have they overlapped? Because Chark played for theirs. I wonder. I, this is almost it's like, like a, uh, seven, six degrees of Kevin no, Bacon or whatever. They haven't all three played for each other's teams, but there's been crossover. <laughs> oh, man. We should. We need one team to just have all three of them as, as the wide receivers. Oh my no God. other wide receivers. Just Chark, <laughs> Zay Jones, and Josh Reynolds. Teams would teams would be befuddled. What would you do against them? They're all, they they wouldn't know. even know. One week, they don't have any wide receivers because they're all hurt. <laughs> they all have to have like similar numbers. Like one is zero, one is eight, and one is nine. So they all look the same. Oh, no. Six, I nine. thought you were going to say like one is like like eight and then 18 and then 20 or really confused people. Can we do yeah. oh, that? Give them a 20 something number, like stupid Sky Moore. Like, yeah. Do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I go like 23, Rashid 22. Shahid, too. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I, them. People know, if anyone that knows me knows, I absolutely hate odd numbers i've had to like come to terms with this over time with you know now wide receivers getting to be single digit numbers but like wide receivers in the 20s it's just infuriating that's like i have no problem with the single digits in the teens it's the 20s that's just because the entire history of the nfl and then all of a sudden you're like the 20 just doesn't associate with anything else it's even like you know that or corners and like that you just running backs and corners that's it but fullbacks aren't even 20s no, you what? You can you name a fullback in the twenty? I mean, there's probably one, but I don't know. It's one you know of those things. Great. I don't. <laughs> I don't deserve to be irrationally angry with a about number it. like forty something. Uh, see, now that wouldn't be great. As soon as you see a wide receiver with fifty-seven, I'll just—it's it, going to be brutal. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. It'll, it'll make me so mad, and I don't deserve to be mad about that. It's so irrational and stupid. It's the type of thing we would rail on. Uh, Dumpsville. Jahan Dotson, I've been screaming about this. I'm so mad about it, too, because uh, I was a heavy investor, thought we were going to the moon. Sam Howell hates him. We're not going to the moon, and he is in your dumpsville. <laughs> so I would drop Tutu Atwell before him, uh, just because he, here's the thing. Jahan Dotson, if Curtis Samuel or Terry McLaurin got hurt, and Terry McLaurin's dealt with injuries before. If some buts. You, know, na- you almost forced you force their hand and I, you know, I made a joke like that's not a pun intended. You just force Howell's hand. It's not just Howell though. It's B enemy too. Or I guess, I don't know. I'm assuming it's B enemy's call, but it, you know, who knows? It might be Ron Rivera, whatever it is. Were you not like, I could pretty much hear the screams around the United States from inside my living room as everybody watching Thursday night football was like, why the flipping hell are Diami Brown and Jamison Crowder on the field with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dawson are still, Standing on the sideline. It was like, are they hurt? What's going on with Terry Clorin? Why is Jahan Dawson? And he's running those dudes out there. Like, what are we doing? Do you know combined, Jahan Dawson and Terry McLaurin barely have combined over 30% of the team's targets? That should not be the case. This isn't the Chiefs. This isn't the Bears before DJ Moore or the Giants right now. You have Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dawson. What the flipping bleeping Oh, I actually said one. <laughs> you actually said to- the word. You can't, you can't fake it and then do the word. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. It's just that's how infuriating this is. Um, but you have to at this point. Like, um, I would drop all Chiefs. Like, there's, you know, Rasheed Rice was second lowest only to Justin Ross in routes run that way. Like, it's great that he got the touchdown, but he's behind everybody else. He's seventh, fifth, or sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh any given week. 
Um, I would love Rashida Rice was a thing, but the Chiefs are not using anybody specifically. Valdez, none of them. I would drop Brandon Cooks before him just because it looks like Gallup might be passing him. And even if not, it's like a 50-50 share of the second wide receiver spot, which is behind Jake Ferguson in the backfield. So, but Dotson is on the list. And I would drop Dotson for anyone through Josh Downs, and you could argue more, but that's how far I would go. I would go through the Lions and probably Josh Downs. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's go take a look at the running backs. It's actually not as uh, gruesome as we thought. One thing I didn't mention, but we've known this for uh, just a little bit. Khalil Herbert is injured. High ankle sprain. And Roshan Johnson comes in at number one. Tell me, though, I'm not sold that they give Johnson the absolute bulk. I know he was inactive this past week. I feel like this team might not want to change the role with Roshan Johnson, and they have Deontay Foreman come in. Deontay Foreman was inactive this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. Deontay Foreman was inactive in that they might have that original like full split go, and it's Deontay Foreman on early downs and Roshan comes in. But you tell me. I mean, it makes sense why if we're playing upside and role here, it makes sense, and I'm not arguing him being the top running back out here, but I'm just not sold that if Deontay Foreman isn't out there, I might not pick him up in the top five of RBs. Mostly because I know who Deontay Foreman is. I don't disagree with you that this Bears backfield is probably not going to be 80% Roshan Johnson. But uh, until Cleo Herbert woke up and this offense, actually the offense of a whole, including Cleo Herbert, which is something we talked about in the offseason, that Herbert and this offense fit well together. But Roshan Johnson's appeal was the passing game, especially his pass blocking, which, by the way, for everybody to go back to the preseason, something I referenced why Deontay Foreman was an afterthought for me, because you know who was worse than Cleo Herbert in pass blocking? Deontay Foreman. You want to know why? Deontay Foreman was second worst among all qualified running backs. He is not going to be pass blocking. That is awful. Cleo Herbert was middle of the pack. I brought that up. I said Cleo Herbert was in the line of Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey. Those guys have no problem. Dalvin Cook last year. like So I'm not saying that was great for Herbert, and he's not of their talent, obviously, which is part of the reason he comes off the field. But all that being said is there was appeal for Roshan Johnson because of that. The passing game, the pass blocking, he is a good running back. Do I think he's going to get 80%? No. If I 60%, I'd be happy with 60%. Even 40% going to Deontay Foreman because between the two running backs, I know who Roshan Johnson is. I know he's a better talent. Could it fail? Absolutely. But he is number one for me, and I would pick up Chuba Hubbard until Miles Sanders is healthy. I would pick up Zeke, who might actually now be the lead, as the freaking Patriots are pissed off with Ramondre Stevenson. All it takes is Belichick to get ticked off. And remember, what was the dude that scored three touchdowns in like the next week? He kicked him to the curb, put him on waivers. 
Mm. Uh, you remember that? Like, it doesn't take much for Bill Belichick to like wash his hands of you. Ooh, is there still that? more upside with Stevenson? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to I feel like there's like an LSU there. running back. That's what just everybody's yelling at us right now who remembers it. But you remember know, what I'm talking about. It's it. like three, he scored three touchdowns in a week and a half later. <laughs> he was on waivers, maybe two weeks later. Um, but no, it's Roshan Johnson for me. But he's dealing with a concussion. That being said, uh, Luke Musgrave concussion last Thursday and made it back in 10 days. Uh, they also play on Monday night, so they actually have 11 days to get Roshan Johnson back. That's why he's number one for me. Yeah, and I would be aggressive-ish on Roshan Johnson. Coming at number two is Jaleel McLaughlin. The only thing, though, is Javante Williams looks like he was close to returning this last game and he could come back, but he might be better than Javante Williams right now. So even though Javante is coming back, should we still be semi-aggressive on getting McLaughlin? Yeah, so much so that I know you're going to ask me about it, but I'll pull in the third, who wasn't the third this morning. Well, midnight, and he has now been the third this morning, as if assuming A-Chan is going to miss significant time. But I would pick up McLaughlin, then Jeff Wilson. I like I think McLaughlin mm. uh, over Wilson for the timeshares. I could see McLaughlin being the lead because Javante Williams, yeah, he missed last week. Sounds like he could return, but he hasn't looked right yet. And I referenced this on Pat Mayo show. Remember this preseason? Brees Hall's timeline was supposed to be ahead of Javante Williams. And then the preseason happened. And everybody's like, why is Javante Williams in the field and Brees Hall isn't? Everybody said Brees Hall's ahead of him. And everybody was just like, what the hell's going on? Maybe the Jets were smart. Maybe the Jets actually said, you know what? We're going to make sure you're ready for 100%. And when you're 100%, that's when we're going to take the reins off. And that's what they did. Javante Williams kept trying to do more. And the Broncos, you know, let him do stuff. I mean, they didn't let him go full bore. But they let him, and they let him play week one, and they let him be 50% plus of the touches every single week. And what happened? He hasn't looked good, and then he got hurt. So I'm not sure that he comes back, and it's just all of a sudden 60-65% for Javante Williams. And McLaughlin's explosive. Is he great? Is he one of the best running backs in the NFL? Absolutely not. But is this potentially even a 50-50? Is this potentially 55 McLaughlin? Is it McLaughlin or McLaughlin? Like this, uh, I, I go with McLaughlin, but... You know, I tried to go find back. it yesterday. I could it's Mick Laughlin, like McLaughlin. Yeah, but you, when you combine the McLaugh, it's kind of yeah. like. <laughs> I mean, you can go. <laughs> a lot of pronunciation stuff with running backs this year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of waiver pronunciation too. A Chan, McLaughlin. So that's a McLaughlin to me, but someone can correct. <laughs> okay, well, you mentioned number three is Jeff Wilson. We've talked about him and that situation with the Dolphins. Number four, we're looking that up. Jalen Warren comes in at this list, which I'm still kind of surprised the ownership is low enough for him to make it. Oh, here but... we go. <laughs> you ready? No way. I'm wrong. No. So, is they couldn't even get Jaleel McLaughlin's name right on the back of his professional jersey, and he didn't care. This is from Denver Sports in August. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that story. Yeah. The, yeah. The nameplate bore an extra G. They actually put McLaughlin. And then he said he didn't care because that's how it's pronounced. So there you go. That's coming straight from him. That's how it's pronounced. It's pronounced McLaughlin. McLaughlin. I that I name it's probably infuriates Irish. me. I I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a real big Irish. <laughs> Jaleel <name>. McLaughlin. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Jaleel McLaughlin. I'm not doing that. That's too much for me. So there you go. Sorry. Continue. All right. Jalen Warren, number four. Um, he is the better running back. I don't know if it's super debatable anymore. But he comes in on this list, and if he's out there, I completely agree. I would just pick him up just for if something were to happen to Najee or they make that move more. Otherwise, he has a split back, though. Maybe at best, full PPR flex, though, right now, right? Yeah, he's still an RB3 until the Steelers make the transition. It's, I mean, 
they refused to give Warren the lead at 44% of the touches in week five, which has basically been what he's hovering about 40, 45% this entire year. And he's looked better. Uh, by the way, Warren, nine plus points. And I think was it four of the five games It happened once for Najee Harris. I've been on the Najee Harris, like RB three, you can use them as a flex because they're going to give them all the work, but they haven't been the past few weeks and it hasn't been effective. At some point you would think, you would think they make the switch. At least like, it doesn't have to be bell cow for Warren, but can we only do 60, 40 Warren? And if that ever just 60 ever happened, he'd be an RB two, but until then he's an RB three prop market or price picks or whatever. Look for those three receptions for Jalen at 2.5 oh, over in the receiving yards this past week. That was the one I lost with Michael Wilson because I was mm. like, is he going to get it? Yeah. And then like he got like, what was it late in the third? And I'm like, he gets it. And then stupid Michael Wilson still did nothing. Yeah. And then uh, this is like, this is just a weekly trend here. Justice Hill. Justice Hill has to come up every single week on here. He well, comes in at number Mercado. five. Uh, you had DeMar- or did you move it when I copy and pasted it? Because DeMarcado yeah. is number six on the list when no, I DeMarcado saw it. DeMarcado is, yeah, I kind of switched around because the Jeff Wilson, like, uh, like so anyway. Well, that's what I was so, going to ask you is, is so with him missing five and then Justice Hill. Yeah, because this was, again, A-Chan was, when I went to bed, when this posted at midnight, I was like, oh, A-Chan might miss a game. It's kind of iffy. Don't doesn't sound too serious. You wake up this morning, it's like, oh, that might happen. So that changed things. And then the James Conner. It's iffy. Same thing. Might be like a week, might be a week or two. And then IR coming up. Well, if we're going to get a full four weeks guaranteed of no James Carter, I'm going to move Dave Mercado up. So that that moved as well. So there's Jeff Wilson moved up. Dave Mercado moved up. If you really wanted to chase pure upside, I could see Dave Mercado over Warren, maybe even Wilson, like just because, hey, maybe he gets 65% of the work. But I still think Ingram's going to be involved, and you're still talking about the Cardinals offense. The Cardinals it- offense is better passing than it is running, which is why I would go Dave Mercado. Yeah, I like Dave Mercado. I I don't know. I I, I guess I couldn't take him over any. Are you of more okay guys. with Dave Mercado than McLaughlin? Yeah, Dave Mercado. Well, that one doesn't bother like <laughs> the phlegm in your voice when you say it. His name actually elicits anger out of me. Like if it's McLaughlin, I don't like that. I Dave Mercado is totally fine, but I guess I couldn't justify him over the other guys. Dumpsville. Goodbye to Dalvin Cook. Goodbye, sweet Dalvin, because Michael Carter's getting more run and Brees is unleashed. We, I completely agree here. We have no need to hold on to Dalvin anymore, right? No, and if you're looking at the waivers for anybody out there that checks the link, I uh, have the little salute guys as in the next man up because, you know, hey, we're here. We're ready to go. Like Kenneth Gainwell, Zach Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Kendra Miller, Dalvin Cook would be behind all of those because even if Brees Hall was to get hurt, we saw Michael Carter got passing game use with Brees Hall unleashed. And then Dalvin Cook just doesn't look good. He looks toast. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, we don't usually talk about meh, but I wouldn't waste your time picking up Antonio Gibson either. I've been He was dumped still since week two. Don't go back and get him. as this best game of the season. It was still 8.4 points, zero carries. And that came in a game with 51 pass attempts by Sam Howell. Pass. Lots of streaming options on the article as well. Just throwing it out. Um, quarterback streamers, Stafford, Howell, and Minshew. Did Stafford's ownership drop from a lot of people? That's interesting with Cup out there. If he's available, I completely agree. And Sam Howell is always there. there. Yeah, that's just, crazy just to me. Stupid. Like, I think that, well, a lot of people play in single quarterbacks and, yep, 57%. Still yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Single quarterback ones, he's going to float out there. So he's a great He'll option. Go up this week, especially with Anthony Richardson hurt. 
Yeah, and and cut back. And then on the tight ends, Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz come in as your streaming tight ends. Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas until he gets hurt again. Yeah, maybe. I was just about to say, like, I was looking at ranking. I think I have him as a tight end one this week. So, you know, he and he's still streamable. Some, I had him as tight end one last week. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I think I had him at like 13. <laughs> Although I should double ha-ha myself because I made a trade in my home league to get some tight end consistency, and I dropped Logan Thomas because that's who I had. And I traded Ooh. for Evan Ingram. Oh, boo, 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 boo. (laughs) You don't get any credit there. So there you go. You guys want to check it out. Go to All In Kid on Twitter. You can click the link. It's over at The Athletic, uh, which you can check their fantasy stuff, and you will get the waiver wire column. Read through that. Plus, the ranks are coming out midnight, crossing over into Wednesday. So maybe even when you're listening to this, uh, make sure you're locked into that to get you prepped for everything that Week 6 has got. And that is it for us here. I'll be back again later in the week with Brandon Funston, where we will have our top plays versus Jake's ranks and a whole bunch more, hopefully better news than all the bad news we shared here at the top. So follow, follow Jake on Twitter at all in kid. Follow me at is it the Welsh and come and hang out with us next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. 